It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Brittany Griner is one of the most important athletes ever to play at Baylor, and this is her weekend, and this is Locked On Baylor. You are Locked On Baylor, your daily podcast on the Baylor Bears, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another episode of Locked On Baylor brought to you by FanDuel. I'm your host, Cam Stewart, joined by the great Rick May, former Lady Bears broadcaster for 22 years. He has seen it all in this business with this team. He thanks you for making it your first listen today and every day. And today, of course, we are previewing the big weekend ahead for the Lady Bears as they take on Texas Tech this Sunday. And more importantly, the day that Brittany Griner gets her jersey raised to the rafters at the Foster Pavilion. So before we get there, Rick, just tell me about uh, what that reaction was like from you a, a couple weeks ago when it was finally announced that, or announced that finally, Brittany Griner was going to get her number 42 retired. I was so happy, so happy for Brittany, uh, so deserving. What all she has meant to the program, what all she has done since then, um, just you know, she's a Baylor bear, always will be. Yeah. And and you saw you saw it all in there. I already yeah. said that, but you did from 96 to 2018. So we're talking like the advent of the Big 12, the hiring of this hotshot young coach, the former La Tech point guard, Kim yeah. Robertson, and then the national championships. But let's go in somewhere in the middle there. Around 2008 is when mm -hmm. Brittany Griner commits to Baylor. This was, I mean, she was unanimously the number one recruit in, in the entire nation. One of the first real like phenoms of, of women's basketball that people really paid attention to at the high school level. So right. when, when Brittany signs on, talk about the hype that is surrounding her and what that meant to the program at the time. Well, it was big for the program because we needed a, a big girl. Um, and just the hype that she had being, you know, the number one recruit, everybody wanted to sign Brittany Griner. And uh, in fact, I think her dad had a lot to do with her signing at Baylor. He wanted her to, to be with a coach that uh, was, was a disciplinarian and you know, was, was good to, with the kids. And Kill Mulkey fit that perfectly. So I think, uh, think he, I think her dad had a little something to do with that. Uh, we were certainly excited to, to know she was coming. Yeah, and, and we talk about how big it is for Baylor, but specifically for what you mentioned there, Kim Mulkey. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, she already had a national championship. It's not like this right. was the early days, but, um, you know, we, they were still kind of finding their footing in terms of that sustained success that that came after, which we'll talk about later. But how big was that for, for Baylor fans and for Kim Mulkey of we already have a national championship and now she is bringing in the very best talent in the entire country. Well, I think that national championship actually helped bring in the talent yeah. because people wanted to play. Uh, they want to play for a winner, and they wanted to play with Kim Mulkey. She, in five years, wins a national championship, and you know, look what she's done at LSU in two years. But uh, for Baylor to come from where we were to where we were after that national championship, that, that meant everything. And uh, I think that, that helped get Brittany on board too. 
Yeah. And, and we talk about it with women's basketball, but I mean, even just the, the scope of Baylor athletics at the time, you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's still, it's just that one tournament appearance for men's basketball. Um, they were certainly on the up and up, but hadn't gotten there yet. Uh, football had just hired Art Brile. So again, off in the distance, right? And so yes. this was allowing for Baylor to have that program to really, really hang their hat on. You know, one of the things that uh, that was used back then, and I thought it was a perfect example, was, you know, they tried to make uh, the Lady Bears as the shining light of, of Baylor University. Yeah. And I think at that time, certainly we were the shining light of the university and not, not that everybody else wasn't, but uh, what, what we were doing in that program, what they did in that program was just, uh, it really shined a light on the university as people looked in from the other side. Yeah. And do you remember like the first time you, you talked to Brittany, obviously we talked about all the hype that came with it or, or just one of those first moments where you knew she was going to be a star. Um, I think before the, her very first game, we had a little conversation. Uh, her first game was at Tennessee and Brittany had a deer in a headlight look uh, going into that game. It was Tennessee, Pat Summit. Yeah, yeah. On their floor. To, and, they, they had just won the last two national championships. Yeah, if yeah. I'm mistaken. yeah. Yeah, so it, it was, you know, uh, a big stage to start off with. And then Brittany was a little bit uh, with a deer in the headlight look. And Pat Summit, uh, being as good a coach as she is, she always ran a man to man defense. But that day, she started off with a zone defense, and they packed it in to paint on Brittany. And uh, she had a she had a decent game by you know anybody's standards, but not nearly what she turned out to be later on. But that that was a good good start for her though. But uh, we lost that game, but that kind of set the stage. Yeah, and, and it is funny that Pat Summit certainly knew a lot about Brittany Griner. She was yeah. hard on the recruiting trail, and <laughs> that, that's kind of one of the things we were talking about. In that, like back then, you know, Baylor had the had the ring, of course, and and Kim was doing a great job. But this is Pat Summit we're talking about, this, yeah, this is Tennessee, you know, like B Baylor won wasn't winning those battles, and so that that's that's huge. Now I, I want to take you back to, I believe it was just a couple of weeks later, um, at the Farrell Center where. Brittany dunks for the first time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And we, we knew she dunk. could do it. We knew she could do it. But when that moment happens, what was the arena like? Uh, electric. Uh, everybody just, I mean, nobody had seen that before. Yeah. And uh, so Brittany comes in and has a one-handed dunk. And it was just, you know, she was right underneath the basket, got the ball, just put it up there and in. And everybody was astonished, excited, uh, and the, the arena just lit up at that point. Yeah. It was, it was, it was really exciting. And, and did you know then that we were in for what we were in for one of the greatest college basketball players ever and, and a couple of trips to the final four? I hope we would be. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it kind of set the stage. Uh, Hey, this is, this is something different. We're going to be pretty good, especially with her. And, uh, certainly it turned out that way. And before we kind of get into the, the personal side of Brittany Griner, I mean, just looking at the 
the numbers and the accomplishments. I mean, we could go all day, Rick. I'm not going to do that. But <laughs> two straight years, her junior and senior year sweeps the major awards. All, all yeah. the all the national players of the year. Uh, I believe she's one of just a handful of players ever to have 2,000 points and 900 career blocks. Like just it, it, incredible numbers. Um, obviously, they go to the Final Four in her sophomore or excuse me, that is a freshman year, 2010. Freshman um, year. Freshman year. Yeah, and then. Then two years later, the 40 and 0, the national championship. I'll, I want to take you back to that night when when they complete the 40 and 0 season. Was that just kind of a look how far we've made it moment, not just for her, but for this program? Yeah, I think so. Uh, you know, having been to the final four and and we lost out to UConn in San Antonio uh in that first game. Um that kind of, I guess, wet the whistle that we wanted more. Uh, the team wanted more, and uh, getting to that forty and O mark was really an accomplishment. Really an accomplishment. Uh, but as we got through the regular season, the pressure started to build, and every game there was more pressure. Six games to to the national championship, and every game was bigger for us, and the pressure was more on. And by the time we got to the final four, I mean, there was a lot of pressure. Uh, but uh, getting that final game, the, the win was just absolutely fantastic. And uh, it kind of let the pressure off and, hey, we did it. Yeah, and you talk about it there and it's kind of undersold now because, I mean, other teams have gone undefeated, but it wasn't UConn. It wasn't Tennessee. Right. It was this still kind of a new kid on the block in terms of the national scale. And it's one after the other. They've got the, they've got the best player. They've got one of the best coaches and it's just one after the other to get all the way to 40, and know, and, and you talk about the pressure mounting. Was there anyone else as a star player at that time who really could have handled it the way Brittany did and, and got the team to the promised land? Not that I know of. I mean, Odyssey did a great job. Uh, there were there were others on the team that were doing a great job, but it was it was Brittany. It was she made the the cart go. And I will say this: other teams had gone thirty nine and zero. UConn, nobody had ever gone forty and zero, and we were the first to do that. Which is just nice round numbers. Yes, it, it is forty and zero. That feels good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I loved it. Yeah. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel, America's number one sports book. And what we're trying to get to, to you is to make that first bet a layup. Because right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your bet wins. Bet on all your favorite NBA players and teams with things like quick bets, the live same game parlays, exclusive props. I'm betting on Jason Tatum over on the points all the time, and he's usually winning me a lot of money. Just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to shoot your shot. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NBA. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. 
So looking at we we looked at Brittany the player and all the great accomplishments, and we can we can see that you know we can see that on the national championship banners. We can read about it in the history books, but I think what a lot of people need to know about is is the personal side of Brittany, especially now you know where she's through no fault of her own really has become kind of a divisive figure. Um, so you you knew Brittany these four years. You saw her as kind of the the deer in the headlights, and then you saw her as the talus woman of the national championship at forty and oh. So just tell me about some of your personal experiences with with Brittany and 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 your relationship with Brittany. Well, you know, uh, Brittany was always uh, fun loving. She was a, a a kid that age. You know, she was having fun. She was a jokester. She she loved to ride the longboard around the campus. I mean, everybody knew who Brittany was just yeah. seeing her riding the longboard and somebody that tall. Uh, she was, uh, she was just one of those that, that everybody liked being around. She liked to, to have fun and made others have fun. And she was laughing and joking. Um, when it time got time to get serious about a game, she could do that too. But, uh, she was fun, loving kid. And I, I enjoyed being around her. And is there any story that you think really signifies who who Brittany is from from your guys' time together that you can tell on the podcast? Anyway? <laughs> oh, there's there's a lot of them. Uh, I asked Kim Mulkey one time about her riding the longboard, longboard, and because um, I thought you know if she was to break an arm or a leg or something, <laughs> you know, we we would be hurt for a while. And uh, and Kim said, no, I don't, I don't have any problem with it. Uh, and it wasn't long after that, Brittany had an accident on the longboard and, and I think she hurt her arm, uh, not too bad that she couldn't play, but, uh, she was, she was hurting. So I think that kind of slowed that down a little bit, but, uh, you weren't going to take the, the longboard away from Brittany, but, uh, yeah. but that was, that was always scary. I thought. And I would love to hear more about this this Kim Mulkey Brittany Griner relationship from from where you see it because you know obviously there's much made of it in the media sure uh, mm -hmm. but you have these these two you know Kim's the the disciplinarian very old school she'll always admit that um, but is very beloved by her players and now you have Brittany Griner who is who is the new kid on the block she can't hide from anybody she is very comfortable in her own skin as you talk about with the longboard and, and her fun-loving mm -hmm. attitude so how, how did that relationship kind of work out uh, while you guys were there well kim was actually uh very defensive of of Brittany. uh britney uh got a lot of scorn from other schools when we went there you know they wanted to try to intimidate her the the team the the fans uh and some ugly things were said from time to time. And, and Kim was always very defensive of Brittany and, and tried to protect her as much as she could and actually sat down and talked with her about it. You know, don't read the message boards and, you know, all this stuff that was going on. Um, but that's, you know, I'm sure LeBron James has people talk about him, I mean, yeah. but that, but she did a good job. I thought of uh, doing her best to protect Brittany. And and kind of building off of that a little bit, you know, we talk about Brittany can't hide, you know, no. she's, she's almost seven feet tall. Uh, yeah. you know, she's, she's photographed everywhere she goes and she even stands out amongst her own teammates. Right. Yes. Yes. So you, you mentioned it there and, and I mean, it was, it was, it was nasty wherever she went. And I mean, obviously we, we still see it today, but 
just the ugly things that were thrown her way and, and insults and on the internet and in person. Yeah. And uh, did, did you see that ever take a, a toll on her? Because it does seem like she's always been so comfortable. No, I don't think it did. And, and I think she even said she reads the message boards and uh, <laughs> what people say. Uh, but I never really saw it uh, bother her that much at all. Uh, maybe in a game or so, something, you know, would, would happen that would get her upset. Um, but no, she, she did a really good job of, of handling all of that. Yeah. And, and you and, and Lori, who would do the games with you, you guys were, were always kind of around this. Did you ever, you know, feel for her? Like having Absolutely. to go through this every time? Absolutely. Uh, for four years, I felt for her. Um, you know, it, it was just one of those things that, you know, I guess it was with the times and maybe it's even worse sometimes today. Uh, but, you know, people can be rude. And I think a lot of them maybe don't mean mean it to come out as bad as it does. But uh, but it, there was we always were aware of that wherever we went. But on the other other side of that, wherever we went, um we went to Morgantown, West Virginia, Lawrence, Kansas, Kansas State in Manhattan, various places that we went after games, the fans would crowd around our bus uh, waiting for Brittany to come out of the locker room. And they all wanted to get a picture with her, get her to sign an autograph, just talk with her. And we would have to go out and get Brittany. All right, come on. We got to go. Plane's waiting for us, you know, <laughs> but the fans were there. Maybe they, some of them were saying ugly, ugly things in the arena, but no, after the game, everybody wanted their picture with Brittany or get to meet Brittany. Uh, and it was, it was, I don't know. It was like the Beatles were there or something. Uh, <laughs> she, she was the star, no doubt about it. The Beatles of women's college basketball. Yeah. I'll, I'll, roll that. <laughs> yeah I'll take that. Um, and you know, looking back on it, obviously I mentioned it, but she's still getting all these kinds of th this hate and, and we'll see it this weekend, unfortunately too. But the thing that stands out to me outside on, on her, you know, bio for Baylor is not just all these accomplishments and what she did in high school was unbelievable. But I look back at the final things of the personal part of her bio mm -hmm. while she was in ba at Baylor volunteered with Salvation Army, Waco Zoo, Waco's Gospel Cafe, South Waco Recreation Center, and Woodway Family Center, and a frequent speaker at local schools. So tell me about that part, about the impact that Brittany had on this community far removed from the basketball court. Well, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because there was a lot more than just the basketball player there. There was Brittany, the human being. There was Brittany, the, you know, does the wonderful things that you just mentioned and was very happy to do it. I don't know where she found the time to do all that she did do. Uh, I wouldn't have had that kind of time, but she made the time. And uh, I think this town loved Brittany Griner. Uh, all, all the Baylor fans really, really loved Brittany Griner. And, and it was because of those things. And naturally the way she played on the floor. Uh, what she brought to the team, what she brought to the city, what she brought to Baylor University. Uh, she was good for Baylor University and good for us. And, and last few things for me, but for, first being, 
Is there a story or just something about Britney's character that you wish more people knew about her? Kind of like what we were talking about with the volunteering. I, I think the, the fun loving part and what a, what a, you know, good kid she is. Um, people don't see that, uh, that don't know her. They don't know what she's like, you know, behind the scenes. And she was just like all the other 20 year old girls that uh, was having fun and, and, winning championships and, you know, playing great basketball, but she was just fun loving and just had a great personality. Uh, yeah. I didn't know anybody that knew her that didn't love Brittany Griner. I will, I will tell you one, one story that I thought yeah. was, uh, um, all of her accomplishments, you know, she scored 50 in a game against Kansas state to set the single game scoring record. She passed Andrea Riley to set the, the uh, scoring record for the big 12 uh, in women's basketball, the, the dunks that she had that, you know, set records. But um, speaking of that, uh, she was in the uh, locker room getting her or getting the training room, getting her ankles taped before a game. And uh, I walked in there and I saw her there and I just offhanded said, you know, Brittany, nobody has ever dunked three times in a game. No female has ever done that. They've done it twice. Nobody's done it three times. Just saying. Well, that game, she went out and she dunked three times to become the first woman to do that. And uh, after the third dunk, she ran by where I was sitting and pointed at me. And uh, so I, I was kind of kind of proud. Maybe I had a little something to do with that. Sounds like it. Yes, <laughs> that was that was in tribute. Uh, last last question for me is if you could give Brittany a message this weekend ahead of what's supposed to be a very emotional day, uh, Sunday at the foster pavilion, what would that message be? It would be that I love you. We love you. And couldn't happen to a better person. Brittany Griner deserves to have her number retired. So deserve it. Yes. Rick, thank you so much for joining us. Rick may former lady bears voice of the lady bears through all of Brittany Griner's time with Baylor. Rick, thank you so much. Good to be with you. Today's episode of Locked on Baylor is also brought to you by Game Time. Look, obviously, if you're listening, you're a huge sports fan. You're looking to get out to the Foster Pavilion this weekend for Brittany Griner's Jersey Retirement Ceremony. Best place to go, Game Time. Last-minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed at that. It's got the best options for those last-minute tickets and even up to an hour after tip-off, you can still find a ticket on game time, okay? You don't have any of that hidden fees that you're getting in every other website. You get to see the views from your seat and the price that you will pay before you actually hit purchase. That's why game time is the best for any time tickets, but especially as we come up on game time, no pun intended. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets. Use the ticket code Vegas100 for $100 off a big game ticket. Or if you're not going to the big game, you could use the code Locked On for $20 off that first purchase. That's code Locked On, L O C K E D O N, for $20 off that first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Download game time today. 
We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. And thanks so much to Rick May once again for hopping on the pod today. Uh, I, I thought great insight and great stories. You know, we can look at the banners and the numbers and the records. We we all know that stuff about Brittany Griner, but to to hear from someone who was kind of with her in that journey from day one, it was was really cool. So special thanks to Rick for that. Um, looking at the men's side of things, as as they also play this weekend, ladies play uh, Texas Tech on Sunday at three. The men take on West Virginia up in Morgantown, another homecoming for Jalen Bridges, who had a pretty good game there last year when the fans were giving it to him. That was a Baylor victory. This year, it should be another one because we know West Virginia, no bueno, not good. Now, I will say this. West Virginia has given teams uh, trouble this year. Some teams have jammed their toes against the Mountaineers. I mean, we know kind of how the story went with the late spring, early summer, and Bob Huggins gets unceremoniously dismissed and, you know, players are leaving and they don't really have a chance for West Virginia doesn't really have a chance to bring guys in through the transfer portal. So I, I kind of made the joke earlier this season, but I think it's true. If West Virginia had the option to opt out of this season, I think they would have. Um and they, they just play in one of the best, if not the best conference ever uh, this year's big 12. And it did not start swimmingly. Uh, they lost by like 30 to Houston. But a couple games later, they did the unthinkable. They they won a conference game. They beat the Texas Longhorns at home. They play a little bit better at home. And then a week after that, they did the really unthinkable. Once again, at home, they beat Kansas. They scored 91 points against Kansas. That's 30 more than Baylor scored against Kansas. And beat the Jayhawks. Like, Un- unbelievable. I think Kansas was like three at the time. Uh, there's still only like six. So uh, just incredible, incredible upset. And so you're like, can West Virginia play in this league? Is, is this, can they turn this around and, and get some wins out of it? The answer has been no. Uh, that game was on January 20th. As I bring this to you on February 16th, they've won one game since. Um, they lost at UCF, lost to Oklahoma State, which is that team up there. West Virginia is the worst. They did beat Cincinnati. At home, again, so all three of their conference wins are at home. Uh, and then got shellacked by UT in the in the grudge match in Austin uh, last Saturday. I think they lost, I think it was 36 points they lost by. And then just got blown out by TCU again on, on, on Monday. So it still not a good basketball team, but have given some teams trouble at home. And, and what I'm looking at from the Baylor side is the dreaded two-word term when you come and play a team that's not very good, and that is trap game, okay? Baylor is staying out on the road. Uh, They next play Tuesday at BYU, which I'm going to talk more about the beginning of the week next week, but I am concerned about that game. BYU has hung around. They're still good, and they didn't like the way that game against Baylor went last time. Remember Mark Pope? Um, wasn't too fond of the the new Big Twelve officials that 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 he got to 
got to encounter at the Foster Pavilion. And so there's that, but there's also the fact that it's altitude, which do not, please don't take that lightly. Like that is something that these players have not played in these Baylor players. And now all of a sudden they got to go and go and do it. I, I wish they would have scheduled a game in like Denver or something in the, in the non-conference, but that, that has been a struggle for teams that are going up big 12 teams that are going up there for the first time. Uh, BYU has defended their home court pretty well in this conference, uh, save a, a bad loss to Cincinnati. Um, they've been pretty, pretty good at home and pretty solid overall. So I'm looking at that and thinking, is Baylor focusing on that too much? Could that be the trap? Because the last time that I can remember, and I might be wrong about this, that they went out on the road and then stayed on the road for a couple of days before their next game was Michigan State and Duke. And you'll recall Michigan State was not very good. They're better now, uh, but were really in a bad way when Baylor played them. And there was this sexy matchup against Duke in Madison Square Garden on the horizon. So I think maybe there was some complacency there. Baylor ends up losing the game by 24 points. Um, I don't think that will happen again, but we have a recipe for this already. That said, I think this is a much different in a better way Baylor team. And I think they are playing than, than it was against Michigan State. I think they're playing with a ton of confidence right now. I, I think they would be chomping at the bit to play Kansas again, let alone going on the road to play West Virginia. So, uh, and the other thing is, we call it a trap for Baylor. West Virginia hosts UCF on Tuesday night, which they say, see as a winnable game. So maybe their trap playing against Baylor. I don't know. A couple different ways to look at it. Um, I really hope this is the game that Jacoby Walter can uh, really put it all back together because his last two games have been pretty decent. Um, good, I'd even say. Uh, but still is missing missing some shots, missing a lot of shots, actually. So uh, I'm hoping that, that will be this will be a chance for him to get involved early, take a good volume of shots um, against what is not a very good team, and hopefully get him back on track um, the way the rest of the team has kind of uh, got back on track here in the last couple of weeks. Uh, don't know anything about Langston Love. Um, by the time you're listening to this, we might know. We'll ask Scott about it in the morning availability, but uh, Friday morning availability, but we don't know. I imagine he won't play in this game just because it's not the strongest opponent they've played and they can probably afford to, to keep him out and rest up a little bit longer. But anyway, look out for that tomorrow. We will have coverage of these basketball games all weekend long and then again on Monday. So let me know what you think about these games. Let me know what you think about Brittany Griner's number getting retired at the Foster Pavilion. I'm going to be there. I can't wait to see it. Um, and just be sure to drop a comment down in the comments below. Be sure to like and subscribe. Tell your friends about it. And thank you and thank them for making it your first listen today and every day. We'll be back in a flash with Locked on Baylor. The NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked on College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.